This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards here alongside Missy. Good afternoon. Yay. Yay. Oh, I was going to hit the applause. Yay. And the crowd goes wild. Yep. Our little crowd. Yes. Good afternoon. Uh, Apologies for the late podcast, but, uh, you know, we've, honestly, we've been doing them, uh, like when we can find time, which right. is usually like after the kids go to bed. So it's like nine 30 at night, you've been exhausted. Yeah. So you've not been up to it. So no. we had to make a decision. Like, do we, <laughs> do we not do, we, do this anymore? Well, not do we not do it anymore, but when do we do this? So, yeah. um, uh, we're doing this on a Sunday afternoon. We hopefully sound a lot more refreshed and awake and, yeah. Raring and ready to go. Not so tired and dragging our butts. Exactly. But you're feeling better regardless. Yeah, I am feeling better. Every day I feel a little bit better. And uh, it looks like you do not have to have a blood transfusion. No. As a matter of fact, when I went back in this past week, all of my levels were up such that it looked as though I had a five transfusion, five pint transfusion. Like, wow. I had improved that much. So I'm out of the the risk of infection, and I'm out of the risk for all kinds of other stuff. So, and of course, today I made sure to test all my risk stuff by falling over in the greenhouse and almost impaling myself on a garden implement and hurting my foot and my knee. So we'll see how badly I bruise. But yeah. So far, you're, you seem to be functioning for yeah. a few hours, and you haven't gone into shock or anything. So nope. that's good. And your hair's your head's all fuzzy. I know my head is fuzzy. Uh, it was funny the the oncologist sort of prophetically said something about your hair was straight wasn't it and i just sort of looked at him and i was like wait a minute so who knows i've heard of people whose hair came in totally different texture totally different color now my sister had it and her hair came back brown normal both times. right yeah, yeah it, it came, came back, back the way normal. it was yeah well we shall see we shall see we shall see you so. think it's darker the nurse said she saw some dark hairs the ridiculously honest 11-year-old said it looks all gray to him, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what color it is. But it's hair. It's all fuzzy. You can see it, and I can feel it. Yep. You can totally see it. And, uh, and yes, we were in the greenhouse. It was like 70 degrees today. So Crazy nice out. Right? I mean, so anyway, so we go outside, and uh, we're, we're getting things ready 
We've got shelving. We took down Christmas finally. Finally got this Christmas tree put <laughs> Yay, away. Before don't March. judge. Don't judge. <laughs> There's not another holiday. Well, okay, there was Valentine's Day, but don't judge. No, don't judge. But uh, but it's gone now. Uh, it's it's back in the barn, and uh, uh, we have shelving up for our seedlings. So. Um, at some point this week, I don't want to wait until the weekend. Uh, at some point this week, we will start putting seeds in pots, and uh, we're going to try a couple of new things this year. We're going to do carrot tape, yes. which we have not done before. We've simply before just you know broadcast. strewn the uh, carrot seeds. Yes, we've broadcast them uh, across the garden beds, and then like they. Come in clumpy, and there are parts of the bed where you don't have any, and there are parts where you have to thin them out because there's they're way too close together. So the tape is supposed to control it better. But we also have regular carrot seeds to try too. I mean, yeah, we we'll do I went a, through our inventory. We have a lot. We have a lot of stuff, so we really don't have to buy buy a lot of things. I've got a couple of lettuce mixes. And again, they're from one of the, I think it's territorial. And what they do is they pelletize the seeds. So they put several types of lettuce types in a pellet. So all you have to do is sprinkle a couple of pellets in a, in a, in a box or a cold frame, mm-hmm. and you've got 15 types of lettuces cr- growing up. And I thought, hey, that'd be kind of fun to try. Right. Um, and then yeah, because we've got of, three cold frames that we're, that we're not using yes, right now. Yes, and we can put them out there. And then we're going to put some raised beds in the front yard, and we're going to try beefsteak, bigger tomatoes. Because mm-hmm. for some strange reason, we've had problems with rabbits and other critters and our own chickens. Um, but they don't seem to go after the cherry and the grape and the smaller saladette sized tomatoes they go after the nice big juicy ones right and they take a bite and they take uh, yeah exactly <laughs> they'll take a bite out of this big one and a bite out of this next one that's almost ripe so you and I were talking about it and we thought well if we put it closer to the house right raised garden beds close to the house hopefully that'll keep the critters away so I picked out I think three or four beefsteaky types mm-hmm. one of them sounded awesome it was a combination of um, a brandy wine and uh, Castellatuto Genovese, which is the kind of big, compact, red, crenellated sort of tomato. Mm-hmm. So it's not so crenellated, but it's a bu- nice, beefy tomato. Yeah. Um, and then some bumblebees, some little ones. And I've, I don't know. I, I made a pretty decent list. I've, I still had it added on more new tomatoes. I know. You, we new. have to every year. We have it's to try ridiculous. something new. But we are going to, uh, uh, I think, scale back. Our garden this year, we didn't, you know, I mean, it just it, we didn't have one last no. year, um, and but but even if we like, we started. That's the thing. We started because it wasn't until the end of May, May yeah. when you started feeling like where we knew that something was going on, right? Um, and we were just we were we got a late start and we just never got it all then we going. Had a, and, a May freeze, right? So then we had to wait. We had get past that, and then I just got to where I got humid and I couldn't work outside and. Yeah, you got you're busy your breathing problems. Yeah. So, so we're going to be reasonable this year. Yeah, um, and we're not going to be as crazy as uh, we tried to be in the past. But we are going to have a good crop of tomatoes. We're yeah. going to have our cucumbers. We're going to have our carrots. Um, and beets. And beets. Yeah. In fact, I want to put the beets down. I'm going to try to put those down this week. We have beets because uh, they can they can go now. Yeah, they can go. So you have to find a place in the garden that doesn't look like a weeded disaster and get it started. Well, hopefully again, we'll have just, somebody. We'll we'll work on that. Hopefully tomorrow when it's nice out too. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just planning on doing one spot at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Take over the garden. Right. By time. And. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll just take it back one, one, one foot by one square foot, um, and then we'll, you know, get at least the help of the kids, because uh, that'll 
be happening. So the other big thing that uh, that happened, first of all, so there are two stories I want to share this week. Okay. The first one was uh, Booker uh, is is doing better. He's he's not. He's probably ninety percent the spaz that he has been. So he's like ten percent better. Ten percent better on spaz than this. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's so so. Last weekend, I thought, okay, I'm going to let him out and I'm going to let him run around because it was nice, and <sighs> and I and I didn't realize that uh, our youngest daughter had not closed the goat's fence, and so the goats were all out. Right. So. Booker doesn't realize this at first either, and he's doing fine, and we're running around the front yard, and he's grabbing branches that he's holding in his mouth. Yes, because he loves his sticks. Exactly. And and then he's, and then I and he see the goats at about the exact same time, and he tears off after them. And I'm running behind, huffing and puffing. Um, he chases the youngest one. She's only like a year, not even quite a year old. Not yet. even quite a year old. Yeah, toffee. Yeah, and he chases her into the goat enclosure, so which in. is big. I mean, it's 400 you know, feet of, of electric net, Yeah, um, but it's also an enclosed space. Right, and he so gets she- her into the corner, and he's not hes not attacking her. No. He's not. He's, he's, he's being rambunctious and playful as far as he's concerned. Right. She is flipping terrified. Yeah. So she finally gets into one of the igloos, which is where I am able to, because now he's got his head in the igloo, so I'm able to grab his collar. I don't have a leash because he was out without a leash, so I have to walk him back to the house, yeah. which was a pain. Yes. Um, finally get him in the house, go back out. She's uh, just trembling in the igloo, so I, I've got to see if she's okay. Yeah. So I finally get her out, and she's acting like she can't walk, like she's on her her front knees, basically. Yeah. And she's, like, scooting across the ground. <laughs> and I think she's just trying to make herself small. I, yeah. she tried to hide behind the trash cans under the carport. Right. She and was, she ran around the house trying to climb into something else. But at one point, she's laying on her side. Like, just, I've never seen a goat do this before. She's just laying on her side with her legs splayed out. Like, she can't get up. Like, well, I couldn't like, catch a breath. She, that's the most exercise she's had in a really long time. The goats just sort of wander around and eat all day. Well, I thought at one point that her leg was broken. Yeah. Uh, because she was the way that she was acting. I mean, this was still like several hours later. She's not getting up and walking around. And then there would be times where she would, and then there would be times where she's not. So I'm looking like our youngest daughter's like, are you going to have to kill her? Because I've had to put down two of our goats, and I'm looking, I'm Googling. I'm like, no, I think we can set the leg. You're not here. Miss E wasn't at at home at the time. Miss E comes back, and I'm like, I think we got to call the vet, see if uh, uh, Toffee's okay, or maybe she might have a broken leg. And you're like, well, we're just going to put her down. And I was like, no, 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 we don't have to. and and she's fine. I yeah. think it was just shock. I think, think it was it was fear. Out. But I have never seen a goat as freaked out. No, poor as, thing. As she was. Now every time she I walk the dog out in the yard, if she sees us, she keeps her real sharp eye out on oh, yeah. the dog and making sure that he doesn't come anywhere near her. Now, right? Exactly. So that was story number one. We'll get to story number two uh, right after a quick timeout. So stick around. There's more forty acres and a fool coming up. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) 
The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks again for being with us here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Uh, you and I have gotten to spend a lot of time together this weekend. Yeah, between uh, yard work and uh we actually got to go out without children on a sort of pseudo-ish date thing with another couple and enjoy some fresh air and the sunshine. Well, it wasn't much sunshine. It was the more sunshine when we started, and then it got cloudier as the afternoon progressed. More fresh air. But it was at least nice. It was so warm out yesterday. I was out with just a light sweater and barely had a head covering on. I know. I liked your little paisley scarf thing yeah, that I'm you not were too wearing. Sure. It was, was kind of like someone sent it to me. It was a really nice present. It's like a long T-shirt. Like a head tube. Tube. And I'm trying to figure out how to wear it. And a couple of the ways were really weird looking. But <laughs> the one I finally ended up with was sort of like putting it on my head, letting the excess come down in the back and tucking it under so it didn't look too strange. But <laughs> it was like a paisley purplish blue thing. So It was cute. I posted a picture on uh, our, my Instagram account, at Cam Edwards. You can see uh, from the first Colony Winery, which was the second winery that we visited. That was what we did. We yeah. went up into Albemarle County, which is where Charlottesville is located. And southern Albemarle County, before you get to Charlottesville, yes. uh, if you're coming up from the Farmville area, is, wow. Okay, so it's wealthy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of money in southern Albemarle County. Huge horse farms. Yeah. Huge wineries. Dave Matthews lives there, and Dave Matthews Winery. Blenheim Winery is there. Uh, John Grisham has an estate there in uh, southern somewhere. Albemarle yep. County somewhere. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of money. And the Trump Winery is there yes. in uh, southern Albemarle County. And that is where we went to first because I had seen a story uh, earlier this week that uh, uh, there was a boycott of, of Wegmans going on because Wegmans in Virginia was selling Trump wines because Wegmans sells a lot of Virginia wines. Yeah, tons of Virginia wines. And uh, and so don't shop at Wegmans while they're selling Trump wines. And um, the result was that uh, Wegmans is now sold out of, of Trump wines because right. <laughs> people ended up buying the wine. So I thought, you know, it's about an hour from our house. I've never been there. Right. I've heard it's really pretty. Let's go. Right. I want to. I want to see. Are there people there? Are there going to be protesters? I'm just curious, kind of curious. Um, there were no protesters. No protesters. No protesters. There and, were a lot of people and there. Though. Thirty minutes before the they were closing, mm-hmm. that was packed. The patio was packed. There was there was and there was people, a line. Just and there was a really a long line for people to try to buy wine to just drink outside. There was a huge picnic area. It's got huge rolling hills and absolutely beautiful countryside. Oh yeah. Um, apparently. There's a they do vet weddings and private venues and things there too, but it's a, it's a pretty place. You can pack a picnic lunch. You can go buy a bottle of wine. You can buy a bottle a glass too. Mm-hmm. We got some Trump winery glasses, and bring your kids and go hang out on the grass in the designated. They even have a designated picnic area with right. picnic and tables. People were throwing footballs around. Yeah, and, and they had and there were little stuff. kids. I mean, in it's food. a big space. So, and, but they also had like I saw 
servers coming out with trays of like a charcuterie platter with mm-hmm. breads and cheeses and, and salamis and so you can do tastings you can buy bottles you could bring a picnic it looks I like would go really I nice would go place. back there I would too on a nice spring day with a picnic and the kids let them run around yeah absolutely uh, and so uh, and then we had a uh, we had the 2015 Meritage yes um, which I'm not a wine connoisseur it was so. good yeah it was tasty I liked it whatever it was, uh, it was good it was red and it was tasty <laughs> yes. there we go <laughs> Had a, a bold flavor with notes of chocolate and cherries. We, your and friend and I were talking about that because uh, I think this time last year he was driving around looking for at different vineyards for his business. The Virginia and, Tasting Cellar, yes. And we were talking about uh, there's this, there's a, there's also up in that area is also well known for their ciders because mm-hmm. there's a big uh, Nelson County is known for all the apple orchards and stuff right. up near Albemarle. And so like there's, there's the Albemarle Cider Works. Right. And well, actually – you and I went there a couple of years ago, and we tried a tasting, and it's it, it, it's apple cider, folks. It's got bubbles, <laughs> and I'm I'm like there, and this one you can tell the notes, blah blah blah. I'm like apple cider with bubbles like all they all tasted the same to me we bought like a bottle of each just to make the lady feel better but i just cracked them open i'm like look it it's apple good. cider with bubbles yeah it's good it's not like the cider you buy in the in the grocery store or the liquor store depending no. on your state store things. no i'd it's much not rather like have a, this cider. it's not like a hard cider like smithwick's where that's more fuzzy bigger bubbles like a beer these it's a much more finer bubble almost like a uh, champagne. champagne bubble yeah and it's like that. And there's, like, not the cooling sweetness, more of a tardy thing. The it's, got the, it's got the tiny bubbles. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but so we're laughing about the, yeah, the different notes, blah, ha, ha. It tastes like apple cider. So right. that's how it was with the red wine. It's red wine. So, yeah, so Trump Winery closes at 4, in case you're going. Yeah, uh, So, four. But a couple miles down the road, there is another winery called First Colony that is open until 6. Yes. So uh, we drove down to First Colony. Uh, Missy was the designated driver. Thank you very much. Yep. And uh, at the First Colony Winery, which, again, is also very pretty, um, more of a wooded area. So there's a nice deck out back where you can sit, and they've got some tables. Yeah. And they've got uh, – I didn't see any charcuterie boards, but you could – if you bring a knife and you can buy salami, you can buy cheese. So you can make your own. Yeah, right? and then there was another table. They brought like a picnic. I saw those ladies sharing all picnic stuff they brought in their Tupperware. So. Um, and uh, and we had the 2015 Limburger, not not like Limburger cheese, right? L E M L E M, not L I M, and uh, and that too was tasty, yes. and delicious, and it was a red. Um, Y'all drank two bottles of that. I think I had a sip. But it was tasty. Yeah, three yeah. of us drank yeah. two bottles. <laughs> it was, uh, and then uh, Missy e drove us home. And then I drove home. And I was, uh, was kind of dizzy. Yeah. Because uh, it's the twisty windy roads. I would not recommend uh, that you get too uh, toasty. No. If you are doing a wine tasting there in Albemarle County, because the, the roads. roads are windy and. You don't want to be like you want. You want to be able to see straight. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have an awful ride home. You are going to have a horrible ride. home. I didn't have an awful ride home. No, nope. I wasn't that bad. Nope. Uh, but I thank you for driving. Oh, no problem. It's nice because it's funny how often you've always had to be the designated driver when we've gone out before. Well, I, that's true. I can, but I, but I can think of two times that you were nice enough. We did a. Uh, a beer tour in in Nelson County again with our we took with, a friend uh, ours uh-huh. yep. and then and you were nice enough to drive there so I need to do a wine cruise a booze cruise I will be your chauffeur <laughs> get some girls you get the girls together <laughs> and uh, and I will be the chauffeur sounds like a plan all right all right well uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take a timeout. 
and I think um, you've got some stuff to do, so we'll let you get on your way. But okay. uh, we've got some emails to get to uh, from friends old and new, so stick around. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get a question off air. Stick around, and we'll be back. I'll be back, and you'll be back as well, hopefully, if you stick around with more 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. Left-wing policies end up hurting the very people they claim to want to help. Case in point, the minimum wage. If you're lucky, the $15 minimum wage hasn't come to your state. Now, if you're unlucky, we're going to reveal to the rest of the country what you already know. The prices of everyday items skyrocket. It's like we always say, liberals are funny. Until you put them in charge, then they're downright dangerous. The Chris Salcedo Show. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, Miss E has uh, left us for the rest of the podcast, but we have some emails to get to, including one from Rob in Southern California. It's been a while since we've heard from Rob. Checking in. Good to hear from you, Rob. Says, uh, can I, it's a question about hominy. Uh, can I use wood ash from bag charcoal that I use to barbecue burgers? I'd like to try and make hominy from Indian corn that I got on the internet. Rob says, I know that I can buy it in a supermarket, but if you can make bacon in the near frontier, I can make hominy in the city from Indian corn I buy on the internet. And yes, you can, Rob. Your pal in SoCal. Uh, So, Rob, unfortunately, I would not recommend – now, keep in mind, you're asking the host of 40 Acres and a Fool this question, but um, I would not recommend that you use – the uh, ash from bag charcoal that you use to barbecue burgers. What uh, what what I would do uh, is use a hardwood, uh, burn that, get the ash, use that to make the uh, the wood ash lye that you use to make the uh, the hominy. Um, I've never made hominy from scratch, Rob. I'll be honest with you, but just in doing some research. Uh, what I found is that uh, when you're putting uh, wood ash, I've, first of all, I've not seen anybody uh, on any forums or anything when they talk about how to make hominy from scratch uh, say that they're using charcoal briquettes or the uh, the ash from charcoal briquettes. Uh, I do know that if you're putting down wood ash in your garden, which can serve sort of the same purposes as lime, uh, you don't want to use charcoal briquettes. You want to use that hardwood ash. So that's what I would use, Rob. I wouldn't use... The uh, charcoal briquettes. Sorry, buddy, but hopefully you have a, a fire pit or uh, something that you can use. If not, uh, let me know. We've got a fire pit. I'm sure you could probably find one closer than Southern California or than Virginia to Southern California. But uh, if you can't find wood ash anywhere else, I'll see if I can somehow uh, mail some to you, ship it to you. Uh, Rob also uh, said, I would like to suggest that you grow and sell Indian corn. Nobody does this. And you know what? Nobody has the chance. Imagine you're standing in the farmland farmer's market, Farmville, buddy, not farmland, Farmville farmer's market with Indian corn. Everybody's curious. They want to try it. Fresh Indian corn, not hybridized, but it's natural and yummy. You would get so rich so fast. Seeds are available. First of all, Rob, I think that that is the first time I've ever heard anybody say that you can get rich at a farmer's market selling corn. I don't think that you can. I think that uh, corn is pretty cheap. Uh, honestly, um, if you go to even at a farmer's market, corn is pretty cheap. And certainly at a grocery store, 
Uh, corn is plentiful and bountiful, and it's uh, it's all over the place. So, yeah, you could probably get away with charging more if you're selling Indian corn. But uh, and we've thought about growing the the three sisters method, um, which is where you put corn. Uh, that grows up, and then you've got uh, a squash that uh, uses the stalk of the corn uh, to wrap the vine around, and then you've got the beans that uh, uh, provide um, – I don't know what the beans actually do, but you put the beans there too. Those are the three sisters. So um, we've thought about doing that. Honestly, to me, it just seems like planting corn is a uh, – a, a, a pain if you're doing just a small plot of corn. If you're doing an acre uh, of corn, I could see that. And and maybe one day, Rob, we will have an acre that we devote to nothing but corn. But it will not be this year because this year we're just trying to get our garden uh, uh, back and running after the disaster that was year three of our garden, so we just we're just trying to to, to get back on track. But uh, but I will keep that in mind uh, for the future, and I do I really do appreciate to hearing from you. Let me know how the hominy goes. Uh, Trent also checking in from Indiana says uh, my garden seeds have arrived. This is either going to be awesome or the greatest garden failure in the history of mankind. Oh, you know, listen, there's a broad spectrum in between those two things, Trent. You know, it could it could be good, it could be okay. Uh, it could be, I'm kind of disappointed. Um, it could be all of those things, right? It could be even a great garden before it gets to be the greatest garden in uh, uh, mankind. But I hope that uh, that's where you end up. Trent says, I'm focused on getting as many heirlooms as possible, starting to save seeds, grow my own starts. I procured those materials a few weeks ago with some gift cards from Christmas. Um, I will pass this on to uh, Miss E. Trent, uh, Trent says, Missy, the blanket looks great. Many thanks for thinking of us. It's good to see you starting to feel better. Cancer's dumb. It is. It is really dumb. Chickens are finally starting to lay again, says Trent. I got five eggs one day last week from 14 birds. Impressive, I know. Uh, soon you will be swimming in eggs. If you've got 14 laying hens, Trent, get ready, buddy, because you're going to be getting like a dozen a day. The manic spring has taken its toll, says Trent. Our maple trees are starting to bud. I'm going to go ahead and call it. March is going to be a blizzard, ice-cold-filled trudge. Either way, we've just had enough sun and warmth to put me in full-on spring fever. I know, right? And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Trent. I kind of I worry. You know, we've got the daffodils popping up. I, I, I really worry about the blueberry bushes because that's what happened to us last year. It's, we had a late freeze, and the blueberries never blossomed. And we never got – we got like five blueberries. Five. We have probably six blueberry bushes and we got five – I'm not talking about five pints. I'm talking about five individual blueberries. That was all that we got last year. Uh, and I'm really, really concerned that the same thing is going to happen this year. Uh, Trent, you know, getting ready for a, a baby. That's why Miss E made the blanket. Trent says, uh, wife Melody is doing well. The baby's kicking. Last night, I verified with him that he did want chicks, ducklings, and pigs this spring. He kicked enthusiastically each time. Uh, Melody is already concerned about us teaming up on her. <laughs> yeah, you know, usually you're two against one with the parents doubling up on the baby, and that's okay, right? But uh, all of a sudden now, that uh, that equation might be shifting a little bit there, Trent. 
Trent says, I've started a small renovation to the house ahead of the baby arriving. Prior to me getting fired and Melody getting pregnant, we had put things in motion to become foster parents. It's been on pause for the previously mentioned reasons, but with the baby now on the way and the upstairs bedroom now being the nursery, I need to redo part of the upstairs. As it is, it's kind of like a Cape Cod farmhouse mesh. The stairs go up to two rooms, but the first room's just at the top of the stairs. So you have to walk through it to get to the bedroom. So I'm putting up a wall to the north side. I'm putting up a wall so the north side has a room to match the south side that's already there with a small linen closet and now a small hallway. The interior walls are still plaster and lathe, so it's going to be a little more involved than first expected, but it shouldn't be too bad. Demo's done, and now to make it look pretty. Uh, nothing else has changed, says Trent. Job search continues to be a slog of despair. Subbing keeps me busy, and I'm getting some freelance work, but there's no getting ahead, just keeping afloat. I knew it could be worse, but it's been well over a year, and while I truly thought better awaited me after my dismissal, it's difficult to continue to believe that that is the case. Luckily, with spring and all it brings and the baby on the way, I will soon be busy enough to distract me more often than not. Uh, Trent, listen, I, I, and, and it's, this is going to sound trite, and I'm sorry that it's going to sound trite. I don't mean for it to sound trite because I, I really, truly do believe it. But things happen for a reason, and we can't always understand why things are happening when they're happening. But I believe that to be the case. Um, and I think that one day... Uh, in the future, it's all going to make sense as to why you're going through this right now. But uh, I can tell you, uh, you continue to be an inspiration to me and to a lot of other folks out there. And you're going to be a dad soon, man. That does change everything. Be excited. Get ready. And uh, and I appreciate you writing in. Good luck with the garden as well. I'm Like I said, I'm crossing my fingers that it's going to be awesome. Uh, we have several more emails to get to, but I'm going to take a quick time out here. So stick around. There is more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We have some more emails to get to. The email address, by the way, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. And we really do love hearing from you. Um, also, make sure that you're following us uh, online on Instagram. Missy is at Corny Goat Farm. Uh, and again, starting to see more pictures from outside as she's feeling better. I am at Cam Edwards on Instagram, also on Twitter. 
uh, and uh, make sure you're following along there as well. Also for the uh, the day job uh, at Cam and the Company and at NRA News. All right, so let's get back to the emails. Michael writing in says, Cam and Missy, Happy New Year from the heart of Appalachia. This email is a few weeks in the making. Uh, first, says Michael, I would like to volunteer to be a counselor at Camp Cam and Company. I am currently working on my degree in brewing and distillation and can speak the hyper-descriptive language about wine bouquets and smoky whiskeys and want to help build the bridges into the New York D.C. bubble that can only come with a glass of rich strawberry jam-like Merlot or fruit-infused sour ales around a campfire. Um, so, Michael, you might want to volunteer to be a counselor at Camp Cam and Company, but uh, uh, I, I, I want to volunteer to, to be your apprentice. Uh, as, you're, as you're learning about this and you're working on your degree, I want you to teach me what you're learning too. Because I got to tell you, I, I'm fascinated by uh, the distillation process. I would, if I had, if, if I had the spare change to start a, uh, a, a second business, and not only if I had the spare change and the spare time to start a second business, I would love to go through the process of getting my TTB license through the ATF and being able to manufacture alcohol uh, and to start a distillery. I think that would be the coolest thing. Um, I, I have no illusions that it is uh, easy, that it is cheap. That's why I won't be doing it anytime soon. But uh, I want to live vicariously through you, Michael, in your uh, journey through the world of brewing and distillation. Uh, Michael says, since last I wrote, my now fiancé and I have gotten engaged. Congratulations. Our poor puppy's jaw has healed. I'm glad to hear that. We added a second puppy to our pack, and we are in the early planning stages of beginning our own 40-acre-esque adventure. My plan after school is uh, after school is all said and done is to open up a farm brewery where I can grow as much of the inputs, namely barley and hops, as I can, along with as much of the food for the restaurant as I can. Farm to table and locavore to the extreme. My fiance is originally from here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and so we had planned all along to take on this endeavor here. But after spending her first Christmas in Iowa, my fiance has fallen in love with the land of my birth. And now we are going back and forth as to whether we can plop our little project in the middle of the cornfields, a la Field of Dreams, uh, or repurpose an old cotton or tobacco farm. Until then, says Michael, I'll just be trying to grow as much as I can on my little potted patio garden. We're so very, very happy to hear that Missy is feeling better after the last round of chemo and feeling well enough to make appearances on the podcast. We cannot wait for the 100th episode. Yeah, this is episode 96, so uh, we've only got a few more. We got to do something special for that. I'm not sure how the, like, the dancing girls will translate to a uh, radio podcast, but uh, Michael, uh, in the meantime, I listen. I wish you the very best. I got to tell you, I've not spent much time. Actually, I've never. I was one of the states that I've never been to, believe it or not. And I love Field of Dreams. Uh, it still is one of those movies that makes me cry. And Kevin Costner could be as much of a political uh, ass as uh, as any celebrity could. And I'd probably still like the movie. I'd probably still watch it because that's how much I love it. But I've never been to Iowa. So um, I, I, I wish you the best, whatever you decide to do. Now, I'd be sad if you kind of leave the Appalachians because that, that, to me, is the most beautiful spot that we have uh, in this country is along the Appalachians. And uh, Western North Carolina, absolutely beautiful. Uh, I don't know how close you are to Asheville, but, uh, you know, you've got that locavore uh, movement going on in, uh, in Western North Carolina. So wherever you end up, you just got to promise to uh, let us know. And 
I'm looking forward to following along on your adventures. So, Michael and Lindsay, best of luck to you. Also, let us know when is the wedding date. And again, congratulations. Um, Tristan, writing in. Uh, he says, uh, Cam and Missy. Well, it's been too long, he says, since I wrote in. A lot's changed. My wife and I, again, so happy to hear that Missy is doing well. We saw her post today about her blood levels being almost back to normal. Great news. And we've been continuing to send good thoughts and prayers your way. He says, for starters, uh, this has been a rather unpleasant winter for people and animals alike over here. We've gone from the last few years of non-existent winters to uh, this year having the worst winter storms. This area is seen in at least 21 years, maybe as much as 24 years, depending on who you ask. When we get snow here in Whatcom County, it's always accompanied by a 30 to 40 mile an hour northeast wind that originates in the Arctic and comes down the Fraser River Valley out of British Columbia. Everyone was just getting used to the warmer winters and being able to plant peas as early as February the last couple of years, but not this year. Winter came back to remind everyone that the weather patterns are all cyclical. My new job meant more than a few overtime hours of plowing snow and keeping the town streets opened up. Kids missed an entire week of school, too. Like you were talking about the last episode, I, too, am ready for the longer, warmer days to get out and start turning soil and getting things planted. I think we had, uh, I think we swapped. I, I, I think that's it. We just uh, swapped, Tristan. Uh, we got your winner, and you got the uh, Virginia winners that we've been having the last couple of years because last winter sucked. For us, and uh, this year, and again, we've already got stuff popping up. Uh, we've got trees that are ready to bud. We've got daffodils that are uh, poking up out of the ground already. And 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 I, maybe we are going to get a freeze. Maybe we're not. Who knows? But uh, I'm sorry to hear that you've been dealing with that. Tristan says um, there have been a lot of changes on the farm since we last had a chance to write. Some good, many of them not. First, we had a cousin of mine who's been homeless, accept an invitation to come and stay with my mom. Come to find out after a while when she couldn't hide it anymore, she's pregnant. Mom got her to the doctor, which is a little complicated with her being on state programs, and we helped line up a good doc that we know of to provide OB care. Finally got an ultrasound a couple weeks ago. Find out that she is due next month. Oh, oh boy, says Tristan. This is, uh, is going to be interesting. Well, listen, just uh, give everybody love, give everybody support. That's what family is for, Tristan. And... Uh, let us know if there's uh, if there are baby colors. We'll see what we can do for a blanket for Missy. Uh, in the fall, Tristan says, we decided to get a few new chickens to put in a coop that I got from an old co-worker for the girls to have something to take care of and learn some responsibilities. I figured this way, we would make sure that as my mom's flock of chickens get older and the eggs begin to decrease, we would have some layers to keep ourselves stocked up on eggs. Well, says Tristan, as with all good plans, it didn't work out the way we figured. Six or eight chickens turned into 19 chickens, so now I have to modify my coop and run uh, and make sure that I have room for them all. Of the 19 chicks that we got, 18 of them are still alive and well. One fell off a ramp and broke its leg. We also lost two of my mom's flock of chickens to cold, a duck to a bald eagle, and mama sheep to an unknown cause. Tristan says the worst event came on January 21st when my father passed away. He was sick, and we all knew that it was coming, but nothing actually prepares you for the finality of death, to know that you'll never hear one of his stories or his jokes ever again. And even though that's actually been the case for a couple of years now, says Tristan, while he was alive, you could hold out a hope that there was a possibility that one day you'll have a lucid day. 
and you can carry on a conversation again or hear one of the stories of his past. Dad had seen and done so much and had so many stories, and now it's final. He's better off, but that still doesn't make it any easier. Tristan says this was followed by a most sad and interesting event. Upon my mom bringing home some of Dad's belongings, the border collie that my parents have had for the last 12 years, but who had bonded more with Dad than Mom, appeared to lose her will to live. A week later, she quit eating. She died less than two weeks after my dad. Needless to say, Tristan says, it has been an incredibly crappy last month, and I look forward to spring to hopefully bring some good, better weather and happier times to the farm and family. Tristan says, thanks, Camp, for providing this platform to have a community, to be able to share stories of our adventures and life events with and listen to your emails from others in this community. Thanks again, and until next time, Tristan. Well, Tristan, listen, I know I speak for everybody in this community of ours when I say uh, I am so sorry for your loss, and I can tell you that um, that was an absolutely beautiful tribute to your dad, and I am I am sorry that you're not going to have those those moments. You know, I lost my mom. Gosh, it's been uh, eight years ago now. And I'll tell you, Tristan, just from what I've learned, you never stop thinking, I wish that I could have more time. I wish that I could talk to them right now and let them know what's going on. But... Um, but you keep those memories with you, too. Those never go away. And I don't know what it is as I get older, and there are a lot of memories that fade, and the short-term memory doesn't work so good. The memories that I have of my mom, and I assume that this will be the same when my dad passes, those are still crystal clear. Uh, I can recall uh, the good times that I had growing up with my mom at a, uh, at, at, at a moment's notice. And so I'm telling you that uh, those memories of you and your father, uh, you're going to keep those with you as well. But I do hope that with the warmer weather uh, comes a happier spring and a better time for you and your family. And we'll keep you in our thoughts and our prayers. That is going to do it for this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. I do thank you very much for being a part of this week's program. Again, the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com, on Twitter at Cam Edwards, on Instagram at Cam Edwards, and Corny Goat Farm. Until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you here soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.